Hello, beautiful people. God bless you. I want to welcome everybody to today's edition of Marriage Diet with Festus Flourish Osemwahu. Today is the fifth day of the month of December 2020. God bless you. You are welcome. You are welcome. All right. Yesterday, we, of course, you know, those of you who have been following our broadcasts regularly, you know, we've been treating top um, questions and answers, trying to look at questions and, of course, also uh, give them uh, appropriate answers. And yesterday we took up um, question number four. Um, my husband was very nice to me during courtship, but became cruel since we got married. What went wrong? That was the question we took yesterday. We'll be trying to answer some couple of questions that have been coming in. And um, if you recall yesterday while I was running up, I made a very profound statement. And the statement was, when the Holy Spirit lost your husband, that was when you lost him as well. In other words, um, it was at that point that um, the Holy Spirit left your husband's heart and you could no longer say, oh, my husband has the Holy Spirit. That was also the time you lost that man. And I did say yesterday that getting our husbands back on track with the Holy Spirit is central to reviving or creating that genuine revival over our marriages. And so if you're looking for that nice guy, the way he used to be when you were courting, or that very wonderful man, the way he used to be when you were courting, or just like I said yesterday, that pride is one of the reasons why some men will change from being nice to cruel or wicked. So if you're going to get that original man back, it means that we must get that man back to the place of the Holy Spirit. We can shortchange this. We can overemphasize this. All right. The Holy Spirit has to be in the heart of the man if we are to make any lead way on this matter all right now let me quickly um today like i did say yesterday i was going to now give us practical ways we can get the holy spirit back into the hearts of our husbands those husbands who have lost it or those husbands who no longer have relationship with the holy spirit now i'm addressing our wives here if we are going to get them back on track with the holy spirit there are things we can do there are things we must do but first we need to understand how important the place of the holy spirit is to the man our husbands and how we should treasure bringing our husbands back to that place remember when god made the garden of eden and put man there the female was in him when he placed man in that garden even though she had not been formed physically she was part of the equation all right the essence of man both male and female were to be in a garden and what was so important about that garden that garden was symbolic of god's presence was symbolic of the place of relationship with man a place where God would come to in the cool of the evening to fellowship with man via the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember when God breathed upon man, the Bible said he breathed upon man the breath of life 
and man became a living soul. The Bible didn't use the word man became a living body. He didn't even use the word man became a living spirit. He said man became a living soul. That means that man is essentially made up of the soul. The soul is where you have the mind, where you have the emotion, and where you have our will. And of course, this is also part of our conscious and subconscious mind or subconscious word. Now, the essence of man is actually in his soulish realm. And it was in this soulish reality that God connected with him. It was in this soulish reality that the Garden of Eden was established to have connection or where God will have connection with man. And that is why up to today, you can't find that physical place where the Garden of Eden was on this physical earth because it was not a physical thing. Please take note, the Garden of Eden was not physical. It was not a tangible place. It was a spiritual climate or just like you condition your room with um, a, certain, a certain temperature, you call it the air condition unit, you condition your car. So the Garden of Eden was actually a conditioned environment. What, what was the basic raw material for that conditioning? It was the presence of God. It was the presence of God that conditioned that place just so that it would be similar with what um, we have in heaven. As it is in heaven, so it is on earth. And so God was bringing in man into this earth that will also be able to function under the same climate, okay? The presence of God in heaven, the presence of God on earth. But however, this one on earth will also have to have a physical contact with the physical reality. So it was such a unique place, all right? A place where man could experience the reality of heaven and also experience the tangibility of what the earth is. Now, God essentially did it that way so that man could survive on the earth. I repeat that again. God brought his presence into the Garden of Eden so that man could survive in this harsh earth. The, the, the source of man is the presence of God. And so when God made man, he put him in the garden. Remember, God made the garden first before he made man. So the garden, being symbolic of the presence of God, was where God conditioned first. He had to condition that environment and put man in it. So man will have to live by the presence or through the presence of God. No wonder the Bible said man shall not live by bread alone. In other words, there are things that are much more than the physical bread or the tangible things that we run after on a daily basis. Now, the things that are not seen, not tangible, like the word that proceeds out of his mouth, which is always generated from his spirit man, or the relationship he has with God, which is also via the instrument of spiritual reality, are core values of what makes him a man. If you take the fish out of water, it will die. If you take the tree, pull it out of the earth, it will die. If you also take man away from the presence of God, he should die. He will die. And that was what serpent did. That when that setup happened, a man ate of the forbidden fruit. He left the presence of God. And so he actually died. When the Bible said, in the day you eat of this, you shall die. He actually died because he left the presence of God. Now, salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ, which of course is the reconciliation, actually is that, you know, um, um, uh, what I call it, a spiritual climate or conditioning that enables man to come back, to return back to the presence of God where he should live. 
God created the environment before he created the product. He created the sea before he created the, uh, the fish. He created the earth before he put uh, trees on it. He created, he brought forth his presence before he made man. So the product is not as important as the environment. The environment is God's presence. We are the product. We live in God's presence or else we die. The devil knows this, that his greatest weapon against man is to pull him out of God's presence. And that is why from time immemorial till today till tomorrow, the devil will do all just to pull him out of God's presence. And of course, he knows that when the man is pulled out of God's presence, every other thing will go the same way, will go down. Okay, now you would know that uh, if a woman stops going to church, for instance, or abhors the presence of God, and the husband is still fervent, he goes to church, most probably he will take the children along. You must form into church, you must serve God. And of course, the woman will just be doing whatever she wants to do and all that. But the reverse is the case. When the man is not in God's presence, no matter how fervent the woman is, just one decree from the man on the Sunday morning, you, you are going to choose between going to serve God at church and this marriage. In fact, if you go to that church, don't come back to this marriage again. That's it. So he will stop the wife from going to church. He's going to stop the children from going to church. Now, like some of you would say, just like you know, church is not just all about the presence of God. The presence of God also involves other activities that we're doing, even right in our homes. E.g., the prayer sessions we have, the money devotions, and all that. The man will stop it. And that's why the devil will always want to take man away from the presence of God because when he does, the man is going to um, establish a different government in his home that is not Holy Spirit inspired. And so his heart is going to be after so many things, after liquor, after immorality, after all manner of things. The devil knows, and that's why he keeps targeting the man, and that's why it was the day he succeeded in taking your husband away from the presence of the Holy Spirit that you lost your husband, that he changed, that he became the vile man, that he became the wicked, in quote, that you feel or you think he is now. Why? Because the presence of God is no more there. When he is under the presence of God, he will behave himself. A man that is taken out of the presence of God will malfunction because he will do things anyhow. He wouldn't care what happens. You will even hear some of them will say, I don't care. If you like, go and report me to Pope and report me to your pastor. I will not even pick his call. I won't go to that church anymore. That's it. He just wouldn't want to have anything to do with God. Sometimes it would even be blasphemous. He would say all manner of things. And you know what? That will be the beginning of the breaking up in that marriage. And of course, his heart is going to be set after other women. His heart is going to be set after other things. It's going to spiral down. The children will be affected. The marriage will be affected. That's it. So the devil knows if he takes the man out of God's presence, he's going to affect his relationship with God. Now, quickly, what can you do as a woman to ensure that your husband returns back to the presence of God? very important now instead of you to be jumping up and down shouting you know accusing your husband cursing your husband which of course is what it ever wants you to do oh my husband has been cheating on me my husband is a wicked man my husband is a useless man my husband is a bad man oh the devil wants you to use those words 
because he understands how powerful words are. Every time you keep using those words, you keep cursing your husband, you keep calling your husband a useless man, you keep calling, oh, uh, you are going out with Jezebel. You know what Jezebel spirit is all about? You keep telling your husband that he's going after Jezebel girls. Okay, your words are powerful. So it means that there will not even be any opportunity for him to be rescued. Why? His heart, just like you have said, goes after Jezebel women. So the devil doesn't want you to change your words. So for you as a wife, as a wise wife, whose husband has left the presence of God, and you know that he's no longer doing the things that he used to do, he has become practically like a vile man, okay? He no longer respects God's presence, no longer goes to church, he no longer pays his tithe, he no longer respects men of God, he's just doing all the rest. You don't need to fuel this situation by continuously using the wrong words on him. Please hear me very well, wise wives out there. You won't help issues by calling him all sorts of names. Because that's what the devil wants you to do. So the first thing you're going to do to bring him back, your husband, back into the presence of God is to change the use of your tongue. Is to change how you use your tongue. Is to refine the way you use your tongue over your husband. It has never helped you to recover him back. So you don't continue on the formula that is not working. Just by thinking, you will keep abusing him, you keep using these words, it won't work. Why don't you change your words? Why don't you change what you say concerning him? I know this can be a little bit difficult, all right? With all that has happened, he has um, really hurt you, he has offended you. I know it can really, really be difficult for you to use the right words. But at least if you can't use the right words, stop using the wrong words. Stop cursing him. And so you can take a step a little bit further by using the right words. Do you know that our husbands will often behave the way we call them? Of course, vice versa, our wives will also behave the way we call her. Words are powerful. I repeat again, words are powerful. Every time you say your husband is useless, he will behave a useless man to you. For whatever reason, for whatever justification, okay, I was teaching them in the mind, in mind class, the subconscious mind can differentiate between positive and negative words. You keep saying it's useless, it keeps bringing it back to you in reality. So you've got to change your words. Oh, number one, I have a good marriage. Those of you that have been very vindictive about your, your, your spouse or the kind of marriage you have, you've condemned your marriage so much, oh, that my marriage, mm, forget it, it's not even working. No, you've got to change it. My marriage is good. My marriage is working. My husband is good. I mean, how, what will it take from you if you start calling your husband a good husband? I know this can really, really be very difficult. You have a man who has been cheating on you, who has been drinking, who has been doing all manner of things. What if you start changing what you call him and say, good husband? I mean, okay, sometimes we call, oh, baby. I mean, let's drop those words now, okay? Because if you keep calling him baby, he will behave like a baby. And when he behaves like a baby to you, you don't need to complain, all right? Because what you call, words are powerful. And that's why I also frown at it when men call their wives baby. You call your wife a baby, he will be, she will behave like a baby. When she behaves like a baby to you, all you're supposed to do is to forgive the baby. You will not. You will hold the offense against her. And the next thing you will say, she's a witch or she's a wicked woman. So you see, the way we've turned things upside down, 
by wrong affirmation. A baby will always be a baby. A baby will always be, behave like a baby. Now, if she behaves like a baby to offend you, what it means is that she's just living up to her being. And what you're supposed to do, just like your biological babies and children, you forgive them. But you don't, and when she offends you, you not see her like adult. So things just really get so messy and so wrong. All right, so let's stop all those words that we can't really defend. Let's rather use the words that carries power. Look at creation. Every time God made the, uh, the, the elements of creation, day one, day two, up until day seven, he kept on using the word, it is good. In the evening and the morning, we had the first day and God saw. Now look at it, God saw for him to see what was good means there was the other dimension of it that was not good, like evil, because good and, and evil are the uh, two sides of the law of duality. But God chose to see what was good and said it was good. So you can start calling your marriage good marriage, good husband. In the place of prayer, you can start calling him a changed man, a useful man, a useful husband, and a useful father. You can change your words. Your words can build your husband. And of course, a lot of us have used our words to perpetually place our husband where he is. And of course, he has been so driven far away from the presence of the Holy Spirit. So you can use your words to build him. Now, another thing you can do to bring your husband back to the presence of God is to tarry in God's presence in the place of prayer right a woman that know that that knows how to go on her knees in the place of prayer can also know how to experience joy and victory in the place of traveling when you travel in the place of prayer things will happen if you're consistent remember the story of the um the woman who just kept on um uh, disturbing the chief judge all right uh, to vindicate her and to adjudge her and all that but what happened eventually the judge said i have to because she has been consistent now we've got to understand the power of consistency in the place of prayer we've got to convert our energy in the place of prayer instead of you condemning your husband change the attitude and start praying for him all right some of you might even need to pray for him before he gets into into, into temptation have you thought about that have you really thought about the need to pray for your husband before he gets into temptation? Do you know that the devil wants your husband to fall? Have you ever thought about it that the devil could really be setting up your husband for a major falling away? And when, if you understand what I've just said, then you know that you don't need to allow him to fall before you even start praying for him. Now, even if he has fallen, I mean, you swore to love yourself for the rest of your life. He's done something that hurts you. And he doesn't even seem to be remorseful. Fine, I understand. But hey, you can change things in the place of prayer. When women gather to pray, if you can do it corporately, or when you make up your mind to pray, things can change. It's just that you don't understand the efficacy of your prayers when it is consistent. The problem often the time is you're not consistent. You pray today, you want to get miracle tomorrow. You pray tomorrow, your husband say comes back and does something that will frustrate you. You say, I know they do it again, you know, that kind of a thing. And you just throw it out, you change your words, and you keep going around and around in a circle. But if only you can be consistent, and then of course have a view of how this will turn out to be, he will definitely get into that picture. And friends, in praying for your husband, you can really start inviting the power of the Holy Spirit. 
into his life remember you are the gateway to your husband in the realm of the spirit if he has messed up he has lost the holy spirit why can't you start asking the holy spirit to come into his heart let it be a prayer point let it be daily let it be weekly let it be monthly holy spirit come into the heart of my husband i know you are the only one that can change him holy spirit i submit my husband into your hands i mean sometimes even when you are in the bedroom fellowship during your sexual relationship you can use the opportunity because at that moment both flesh soul and spirit have been intertwined connected together you can release that virtue into him asking the holy spirit to come into his life via you he wouldn't know what would be going on behind the scene the only thing would just wake up one day he would suddenly become you know um angry annoyed about the thought of even drinking okay it would become disdainful to him not to even go close to alcohol or even extramarital affairs he would just suddenly hate it i don't want to do this again he can he can change if you keep consistently asking the holy spirit to come into his life one day the fruit of the holy spirit will be given birth to him and he will start living in it friends if you are asking me how do we bring the holy spirit back into the hearts of our husband you can you as a wife you can if you keep asking and you keep praying along that line it will happen and if we can get our husbands back into the wonderful relationship with the holy spirit certainly we can get them back because a man that is full of the holy spirit will certainly be controlled by the holy spirit the holy spirit always know how to get their heart when he looks as if things are not going on well the holy spirit can always nudge his heart and say no go back go and reconcile with your wife that's the value so you pay the price in the place of prayer and of course you will have the gain in the place of testimony it can happen if you understand what to do god bless you let's hold it here by god's grace i'm still going to sustain this question but i want to answer it in another dimension looking at it because uh, this woman asked the question why did the man change what went wrong and all that i also want to make us understand that sometimes these men can also change because of the attitude of their wives okay let's not just put all of these on the man alone some men started beautifully well but they changed because the, the the woman they thought they married was not the woman they eventually discovered in marriage so let's do this again tomorrow i will bring that dimension to us god bless you all right oh oh oh! i just remember tomorrow is actually weekend so we can't do this tomorrow it's going to be till a monday you know remember every weekend we talk about sex in marriage all right but let, let's see how it goes all right you can connect with us via our whatsapp number plus two three four eight one zero seven one two six one four eight and we will get back to you all right until i come your way on continue on this on monday but tomorrow we'll talk about sex don't forget if marriage is an institution then couples and singles must be students god bless you shalom do have a great weekend ahead